That is what grace is. It's a gift. Didn't earn it, right? God is good to us. I appreciate it. Appreciate you being here tonight. Just a good day. And uh, I know, again, it's sometimes uh, Christmas services are hard. And again, we've mentioned that. Some people have lost loved ones. And, you know, it's just uh, a lot of times a different spirit. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Just, uh, you know, it's not the freedom that a lot of times. But I, I, it's been a good, good Christmas season. I, I feel like the Lord's moved and we've prayed and asked God to help us. And he's done that. And uh, I've enjoyed it. A lot of times I don't enjoy, uh, and I don't, again, understand from a pastor's perspective where I'm coming from, it's harder to preach, right? I mean, you know, you want to you uh, preach relevant things about the birth of Christ, and, you know, you have all these other times to preach on everything else, and then you come to the birth of Christ, it's like, I've been preaching on it for 21 years, you know, you got to try to come up with something fresh, and, uh, but uh, I, do, I know this, that uh, nothing, nothing uh, good is new, you know. And so, uh, God's been very good to us. Good to have Noah home, all the way from Florida, Bible College. Good to have him home. His mom and daddy are happy. Not happier than I am, cause I like him. And uh, good to have him home. Good to see all of you tonight. So Luke, Luke chapter number one tonight. Luke chapter one. We want to begin verse number twenty-eight. I'm probably not going to preach real long tonight. Just give you a couple thoughts on the mother of Mary, mother of our Lord Mary. I think it'd be a help to us as we study her. And what's interesting is you study characters of the Bible, and many of them you've heard about your whole life, right? And you're going to say, "Well, you know, you studied Daniel in the lion's den. What else can you say about Daniel, right?" And, and so, as you study Bible characters, it's not to exalt them; it, it's to find out. Kind of what made them tick, why they serve God. I mean, you know, because they were ordinary people. A lot of times we, we view people in the Bible as these super Christians that, man, they just, you know, uh, they're different than we are, and they really aren't. They're just people that uh, were willing to let God use them. And so in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 28, the Bible said, And the angel came in unto her, uh, and said, Hail thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed are thou among women. Well, in verse 27, the Bible said, uh, talking about Mary, that uh, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, again, there's nothing spectacular necessarily about Mary other than she loved God. And God honored that and God rewarded that love and gave her. Think about what he gave her. He gave her the Savior of the whole world. And so among all the influences, there is none more powerful than that of a mother. So it, it, in the life of Christ, it's the same way. You know, when you think of the Wesley boys, you ask them, their mother had such an influence on them. Uh, th those old-time preachers, Charles and John Wesley, it was their mother. Yes. And I'll be honest with you, I probably wouldn't be in church tonight if it wasn't for my mother. And I, I think about a lot of times, 
You know, uh, kids that spend so much time with their moms, at least used to, when, you know, it didn't cost $19 million to live and mothers could stay home and raise the kids and dads went off to work, came home and, you know, you'd eat supper together. And as I remember as a young child, my mother tell you, we spent a lot of time together because we lived down this long dirt road. We didn't have a lot of kids, didn't have any. It was me and the dog and my mama. And I spent the first five years of my life with her, and she took me to school one morning, and man, she was all excited, and I'm like, I don't go, I don't be away from her. And one day she got bold and got out of the car and had my sister under her arm and went around and unlocked the door, and I locked her out. And I said, and it was probably raining like it is today, and I told my mom, I said, I am not letting you back in this car till you take me home. I am not going in that school. I'm not. And it wasn't that I didn't like school, although I didn't. I just love my mama. I want to be around her, right? I, I like being at home and I like being around her because she had influenced me. And even later on in life, as I saw some trials she went through in her life and how she stayed faithful to God and still loved God and was still in church and teaching Sunday school. And man, I tell you what, that influenced me. And so mothers, let me say this. Never underestimate the value you have on your children. A lot of times... At least the way it should be is the dad's a disciplinarian and, you know, the mama is the, the compassionate one. Now, maybe not so much since that mama's at home with them, but listen, uh, uh, you know, you think about uh, the father being the justice and the mother being the mercy, amen? Yeah. It ain't always like that. My mama would wear you out. I know that. I got spanked more by her than I did my daddy, but I was there more with her. Not By the way, I didn't say I didn't deserve it. So now we look at the mother of Christ and we see that he was born of a woman made under the law and God uses mothers in the life of a child to form and fashion them especially in the early years. So the role of mom in the lives of children cannot be overemphasized. And If you study the life of Mary, pretty much every major event of Christ's life, she was there. And so we look at the life of Mary, we see a woman who's highly favored. That's what the Bible called her, right? She didn't say it of herself. The angel said in verse 28, Thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. So what made her different? What can we learn? What made her different? I'll give you three things. Number one was her obscurity. Verse 38, chapter 1, the Bible said, Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. I don't sound like somebody's highly favored of God, does it? I mean, you think someone that's highly favored of God would be exalted and magnified by everybody, but and she'd understand that. She's, she's already been told uh, by this angel that she is going to have and give birth to the Savior of the world. But here in this verse, in verse 38, she said, Behold the handmaid. In other words, her obscurities was she didn't want to be recognized as the mother of the Lord. She wanted just to be that and and serve him. Now, let me ask you this. What do you want to be known as? Right? Great preacher, great singer, great whatever. No, you you ought to just want to be known as the handmaid of the Lord. That's an honor just to be the servant of God. And so in this obscurity, you see, first of all, her character. Uh, We know she loved God. I want to ask you something. Don't raise your hand. Don't say, you know, yes. But here's what I want to ask you. Do you love God? There's nobody in here saying, well, 
I doubt anybody's going to say, no, I don't love God. But see, we're so used to the lip service of things, right? If you love God, what would you be willing to do for him? That's the bottom line. We can say, I mean, it's easy, Brother Jerry, to say, when I ask you, you love God, amen, yes, I love God, but, but what are you willing to do for him? That, that's where you prove your love for God, right? What are you, here, here's a woman, think about, she's never known a man. She realizes that when she is with child, the rumors are going to start flying. I mean, you think you, you think gossip's bad today. In that day, you let a woman, her and Joseph, everybody knows they're not married. And matter of fact, think of what would have happened when Joseph, who by the way is a man of character himself because God showed him and instead of putting her away, which he could have done, he accepted God's will for his life, married her, and raised uh, the Savior of the world. But here's a woman, she didn't care about who she was, and she didn't care if everybody knew her. She loved God. Amen. See, here's the thing. God's never going to use you for big things until you love God. And you can say you love God all you want to. We can all say that, but what are you doing to show you love God? Love is action. Love is a, it is a verb. It is not, hey, I love God. I just said it, and so therefore it's true. It's not speaking it into existence. It is a proof of this emotional or intellectual love for God is that we do something for him. Now, I don't know what that'd be. I'm not saying you have to preach, teach, sing. In the I'm saying when God instructs you to do something, you don't say, well, let me pray about you. You say, got it. Mary didn't spend time, right? She didn't go get counsel. She didn't spend 14,000 hours fasting and praying. Bible said here uh, in verse 28, said thou art highly favored. Uh, and when she saw him, in verse 29, she was troubled at his saying, cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said, fear not, Mary, in verse 30, for thou hast found favor in, uh, with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive. See, the thing was, she, she, it, it was going to happen. She just got on board with God's plan. When are you going to get on board with God's plan? And maybe you are. But see, when you love God and he reveals what is playing, are you going to be saying, well, I don't know about this, God, where's your will? Are you just going to say, God, you can use me? Because that's what she did. We know she was willing to be used of God. Why? Because she was willing to take her womb and say it's yours. I mean, that's, that's pretty personal. And I'm not, trying to get, I'm not trying to get graphic. I'm just saying the most personal part of her, she's going, it's yours, God. Use it how you want to. What are you going to give to God? What, what personal are you saying, God, you can have it? Listen, God wants your heart. He wants your being. He wants all of you. We know she wanted to bring glory to God. Why? Because she said, I'll use my body. I'll give up my body. Mm. You better get this. See, unlike the world we live in today, this girl was pure and that was important. And she's willing to allow God to place the Son of God, the Savior of the world, in her womb and give birth to the Savior. And she said, I don't want any credit. Matter of fact, in verse 
38, she said, I'm just a, I'm just a handmaid. I'm just a servant. So we see her character, but then we see her courage. See, it takes courage to accept God's plan. It takes courage to do what God wants you to do. See, the Bible said in verse 34, she said, How unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel said, uh, Unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Well, she didn't understand all that, really. I mean, we, don't, we got the completed word of God, and we don't understand all there is to know about the Holy Ghost of God, right? And she said, uh, well, okay, I'll be the handmaid. Well, she said. So we see it when she accepted God's plan for life. We see it when she journeyed to see Elizabeth. Doesn't say Joseph went with her. She didn't have no car, I don't think. She didn't have no, she didn't have no Tesla. She didn't have no gas-powered chariot. As far as we know, she rode a donkey or walked or something and didn't say Joseph went with her. See, she wanted to go where God wanted her, so she went to see her cousin to find out the plan there. said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, but it uh, be it unto me according to thy word, the angel departed from her. She said, I'll do it, right? Well, then she goes see Elizabeth. Why? Because the Bible said in verse uh, 36, Elizabeth hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. So look, the miracles taking place. First of all, you've got a woman that's never known a man. She's going to have a baby. Now you've got Elizabeth, who her very name was, was barren. They run. Can you imagine if you were Elizabeth going around town going, there's old barren. There's old girl can't have kids, right? There's barren Elizabeth. And the Bible said she was in her old age. Well, not only you got a virgin that's getting ready to have a baby. Now God's getting ready to open up the womb of an older woman. Don't know what that is, but old. That's what. Don't get mad at me. He said it, not me. So now you well, look what look what God's doing. He said, "I'm going I'm to do two miracles. I'm going I'm to take one that's never known a man, and out of her is going to come the Savior of the world. Then I'm going to take another one who has a husband who has been, but they love God." Zachariah and Elizabeth love God, serving God. And I'm going to give them a child that's going to be the forerunner of him. Now what I'm saying is when you love God, there's no telling what God will do in your life. There's no telling what God will use you for. Hey, I'm proof of that. There's no time in my life, my mother tell you, listen, the first Sunday school class I ever teach, I taught the senior saints. I did had pages and pages and pages of notes, and I studied, studied, studied. Ten minutes into it, I was done, man. It's like y'all getting out early, amen, because that's all I got. First, first message I ever preached, I had notes and notes and notes and notes and notes. About the same thing, 15 minutes, right? I had no desire to be a preacher, didn't desire to be a pastor. Sure didn't think God would bless with what he's blessed around here. What I'm saying is all you got to do is be willing. God can do some pretty amazing things with people that are willing, people that love God and will say, listen, I don't care what it costs because what, what God gives you when you serve him is greater than what you'll ever give up. Man, I hadn't given anything up serving God. I've gained, I hadn't given up. So, so what we're saying is her courage was we see it in her submission to her Savior. It takes courage to say, God, I will be your handmaid. I'll go, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You want me to sit here? I'll sit here. 
You want me to go somewhere? I'll go somewhere. You want me to hand out a track? Hand out a track. I don't, well, I, it's very freeing, Brother Russell. It's very freeing to do that, but it takes courage. Because when you give yourself to God and say, God, you, in your mind, the devil's saying, he's going to send you to the darkest jungles of South America somewhere, right? With big snakes. Boy, I tell you what, you think about that. I hate snakes. If God sent me to South America, I'd have to believe he's going to give me about 9 million rounds of shotgun shells to shoot snakes with. Right? Her courage, but then her confession was she's a handmaid. That word handmaid means servant. She wanted no accolades. She didn't want people to recognize her. She wanted no recognition. She was but not able. She's not able. She's available. There wasn't anything great in Mary other than she loved God. She just loved God. Amen. That's enough. You don't have to. You don't have to have a doctorate degree. You don't have to have. Uh, you just gotta love God. Man, I, I mean, some of them old time preachers couldn't even read. I mean, they couldn't read. I remember. I don't remember who it was. Preacher, he couldn't read. His wife had to read the scripture to him. He just preached. Man, had God all over. You don't. You don't have. To, now, I think you ought to prepare if God calls you to do something. You ought to do your best to prepare for it, right? But I also believe this, God can do whatever he wants to. He doesn't need my, he doesn't need my permission or yours or the Baptist or anybody. He can do whatever God wants to do. Her confession, number two, is her humility. That's, that's a lost word today, isn't it? Verse 46, Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. What, can you imagine that? But saying, here's a woman. She's just mind her own business, loving. I can see her. Man, she's singing. Uh, uh, she's probably at the uh, uh, sink doing dishes one day. Right? Singing victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. You say, well, preacher. He wasn't even born then. So how did they have that song? Well, you have your version if you want it. And all of a sudden, the angel came and said, Hey, Mary, God knows you love God sure knows you love him. And he sure would like to use you. Okay, whatever I can do. Okay, glad you said that, Mary. You're going to birth... The Savior of the world. Right? But I'm not worthy to do that. I'm a handmaid. I'm just a servant. I, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not royal. I'm not part of the Pharisees. I, I'm not part. I'm just, I'm just me. I'm just, a, I'm just a young girl down here trying to love God and serve my family. And God said, yeah, you're, you're highly favored. Right? That's, you're the, you're the kind I'm looking for. And, and so in this, you see her exuberance. It, she didn't want to be praised. She offered praise. In, in verse, uh, in verse uh, what was I looking at? Mary saith, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Amen. She's offering praise. She didn't, want, she didn't run around town going, guess what God's going to use me for? Right, right. <laughs> me and God all the way, right? Hashtag Mary, hashtag 
Jesus' mother, hashtag look at me. Right? Hashtag in God's will. Hashtag highly favored. She didn't have no hashtag. You know what her hashtag was? Jesus. Right? She wasn't hashtagging, praise God. She just wanted to, she just wanted to be used to God. Her exuberance was not about her position. Her exuberance was praise toward a holy God. That, and it wasn't even about that he would choose to use her, but that he was going to send his son to die for the sins of mankind. Wonder what happened if we'd stop praising even about, hey, I just want to praise God for what he's doing for me. What about you just praise God for who he is? Amen. I'm glad of what he does for us, but it's almost like if he doesn't do something for me personally, I can't give him praise. You ought to just praise him because of who he is. He is the God of creation. He's the God of glory. So she's just saying, I just, I won't praise him. Boy, you want to stir the devil up? That's right. Quit complaining. But John and I were talking about this, and I said, I, I, I know some people are not going to like this. I, I'm trying to close out the year so next year I can, I can be encouraging. <laughs> right? I'm trying to get it all out of my system. But you know what? Be, probably be a good, probably a good practice. But some of you ain't like it. And I know, I know, I know. Listen, I know we're to make our burdens known to each other. Right? We're to bear one of those burdens. But here's something that I would say, right? I think some Christians need, how to, need to learn how to suffer in silence and praise in public. Right? I mean, I, mean, I, mean I, get, I don't see a lot of Christians praising God, but I sure see a lot of Christians letting us know all the problems going on. Right? Now, I ain't talking about, I'm not talking about if it's worthy to be prayed... But let's be honest. Now, I'm just going to give you a time out, right? My wife does a lot of phone trees. A lot. Let me say it again. A lot. And some of them, come on. My third cousin's son has the flu, put him on the prayer chain. Right? Am I, am I on? Yes, sir. Well, I thought that's what the prayer chain was for. It is. But do you realize that at some point in time, when you start putting every little thing that goes on, I had to go to the doctor today, pray for me. Do you realize at some point in time, people are going, and when they see that number pop up, they're going, right? Now, I know some of you, listen. I know some of you super Christians, you're saying, preacher, I don't do that. Every time I see a phone tree, I pray for that person. Good. But I promise you this, most people, are, in, are we're just in the flesh, and they're like, really? Got awful quiet. Got awful quiet. I'm just saying, listen, I can pray for my wife if she, she's been sick. I've been sick. She didn't tell. She didn't say no, preacher. Right when when it gets real, she calls me preacher. Preacher, 
I need you to do a phone tree for me because I'm too sick to do the phone tree about me being sick. She actually, she did, and I said, no, I ain't putting it on there. Amen. No, she didn't. Amen. We need to learn how to pray. Yes, and it's almost like anything we go through, it's like, I need everybody praying for me. Won't you try praying? That's what I'm talking about, suffering in silence. I'm not talking about never. But sometimes we ought to be the one that's going, you know what? She was, Mary was silent. Everything going on in her life, she wasn't making a big deal about it. But, but what I'm saying is I see a lot more Christians that when they're going through stuff and trials in life, they tell everybody every single day. But I sure ain't seen a lot of Christians praising God for who he is. Amen, that's pretty good preaching. Her humility, her exuberance, she offered praise. She magnified the Lord because of her humble spirit. Her estate, look at verse uh, 48, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaid. Notice she recognized she needed a savior too. Can I help you with something? You want to pray to Mary? You're wasting your time. She can't help you. Do you realize Mary had, she needed the same Savior you got? But she's highly favored. She sure is. But if she didn't accept her son as her Savior, she'd have went to hell. She sure enough would. You know what? If Joseph, his stepdaddy, would have not accepted Jesus as his Savior, he wouldn't be in heaven. Highly favored doesn't mean that God looks and goes, listen, the Jews, God's people, you know what? They got to get saved that way too. Right? I'm just saying, folks, you better watch all this religious stuff. And well, and now, you know, we. Got, I'm just saying this. The only Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say it's me and my mama. He didn't say it's me and my daddy. He said it's me. She was a sinner and had nothing to brag about. Well, I know this. <laughs> Listen here. If God called her highly favored and she didn't have anything to brag about, neither do we. She knew she was unworthy to be honored with such a task from God. Man, I, I don't take for granted God's letting me proclaim his word. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worth Man, it's a privilege. Listen, I'm not worthy to be your pastor. I look this place. You know how many times I walk in here, Brother Brad, and I, even this afternoon. <laughs> nobody's here. I was up here by myself. I walked in that door, and I looked in, and this is home. It's just home. Right? I'm just saying, listen, when, when you think about God gave you a church to go to, this one, right? And it, it, by the way, it ain't perfect. If it was, you need to leave. You'd mess it up, right? It ain't perfect. None of us are. It's just made up of sinners that love God. We're, we're family, right? But I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. I'll be honest with you. Listen, and I'm not bragging that 21 years, there's been some folks calls of, hey, do you be interested in, it ain't like this place. So what I'm saying is I don't deserve what God's using me. If anything, he's using me not because of my ability but because of my availability. I just said, Brother Matt, I'll do whatever you want to do, God. If you want me to go to the mission field, I'll go. If you want me to go, listen, 
Brother Salazar asked me to go to uh, Egypt with him and preach. Miss Ellen won't let me go, but I'm just saying that's. You just open the door and say, God, I'm available. You don't know what God's going to do with you. She knew she wasn't worthy of it, though. That's why she kept saying, low estate, handmade, right? Then number three, her sincerity. I find it interesting that over and over you see Mary was silent. She kept things quiet in her heart. Remember when, remember when the shepherds came to the manger, to the stable? Said she kept things in her heart. Jesus was a boy. She, kept, she was silent. Right. What I mean by that, once she meditated and took it all in, all of what was happening. We're coming into 2023. I got it right. That could be a leap year, right? We're not leaping. <laughs> You know what I'd do if I were you? I'm going to do it. You ought to sit back and reflect on this year. And, and here's what you ought to do. You ought to, you ought to think about the things that God did for you. The blessings. You ought to think about the good in your life that God's given you. I didn't say it's perfect. We all got some good stuff. Then you ought to reflect on if he's done this for me, what did I do for him this year? Right? Amen. Right? Amen. Now, some of you, you well, you're going to go and 2024 is going to be just like 2023. Right. Just like, well, I'm good. You know, I, I like that daddy God right. where I just... Look at me, I need more, I need more, right? But wonder what would happen if we reflected a little bit, meditated on what God's done for us this year, what we've done for it, if it would change the next year. Now, I want to say this. You know what's great about a new year? Whatever happened in this year, gone. Been, been good, enjoy it, it's over. If it's been bad, gone behind you right. right some of you need to quit living in the rearview mirror Amen. well this happened this happened Amen. it doesn't matter today today's new yes, sir. Right? Amen. right you you don't even have to wait till the new year today's new That's right, yes, right? Sir. Amen. didn't read your bible all year all right start tomorrow That's right. start today Amen. hadn't prayed all year go ahead and get started Amen. you say well it ain't the new year i'm gonna wait to no don't do that go ahead and get warmed up yeah. right yeah. You say, I'm going to wait in here. No, no, this is getting warmed up, right? Stretching out. Oh, yeah, right? You don't just, January 1st, I'm going to start running them. I'm going to run a marathon. Man, you better not. You're going to get hurt. Go ahead and get started. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, I I hadn't prayed all year. Okay, well, finish it up. Finish up the year good. Maybe you didn't start out good, but finish it up, right? Amen. That's good. So, so. Her silence, she's taking all this stuff. Can you imagine? Here's this little virgin girl. She's like, that angel said, hey, you, you're going to have a child. You're not understanding, no. Mr. Angel, I don't think you understand how this thing works. No, you, you're, God's going to put the Son of God in you. 
right? She's just taking it off. I mean, wouldn't you? When God really shows up in a big way, you don't, you don't get it all. It's like, wow. We can take little snippets. And that's too much, right? Little, little pieces, Brother Matt. It's like, if God showed up in a big way, we'd be like, whoa. That's why most churches don't have revival. When God starts showing up, they go, whoa, we can't handle that, right? Let's, we don't want no two-hour service, praise God. Give us that. Give it, preacher, right? We don't want no two hours. We're going to get back to the worship hour. That's in the Bible somewhere. The book of Hezekiah, maybe. Right? The Maccabees, I don't know, but I'm just saying this. She was just taking it in. How many times you go home from church Sunday night and you go, I just want to take it in. Yes, sir. Amen. I, want to take, I want to take in what God spoke to me yes, about today. Amen. Right? Yes, sir. Or do we go home and go, okay, that was good. My duty, my responsibility is over for the week. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's good. Just take it in. Yes, sir. Right. And God's been Amen. real good to us today. Glory to God. Yes. What, what did he speak to you about today? What, what has he done in you? That's right. Amen. So her silence... And then notice this, her song. Go back over to Luke chapter, uh, chapter 1. Look at verse 46, verse 47. Now this is interesting. And my soul, Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in my Savior. That's interesting. It's not something that just simply stirred her emotion. What she said there is steeped in Old Testament scripture. And so the words are hardly hers. She said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. She had a heart full of God's word. And it just started pouring out of her. Right? She understood his word so she understood his will. Do you get that? She understood his word, so she understood his will. You don't understand his word, you don't understand his will. You say, I don't understand the whole word of God. Guess what? If anybody does, raise your hand because we'll pray for you because you're lying. I'm not, I'm not as concerned about what I don't understand. I, Sean, I'm, I'm concerned about the stuff I do understand that I don't do. I mean, if I do the stuff I understand, if I just do that, right? My life would change, yours would too. So when you look at Mary, yes, she's highly favored, but she's just an ordinary young lady. God, she loved God. Now, we all said we love God tonight, right? Everyone else, hey, love God. You available? Well, I, you know, I got windows of availability. I'll do this, but I won't do this. You're not available then. There's a lot lot of folks, they want to put conditions on God. I'll do this, but I won't do that. Then God doesn't use them. They're going, I don't know why God won't use me because you told him what you wouldn't do. I mean, mean, you just think about this. If, if, If you save somebody, right? If you were God and you saved them and said, listen, I just... 
I saved you from eternal torment. Right. Now what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to go do this. You know. Now Lord, you, I would be willing to do this. But this is off the table. And then you say, well, I told God I'd like to do this, and he won't let me. You know why? Because you told me you wouldn't do that. Right. Come on. I mean, why, why, would he, why would he use you when you told him what you wouldn't do? Yes, sir. That's good. You weren't the handmaid of the Lord. Right. You're trying to be the boss, good. right? Just, it's very liberating when you just say, God, I'll do whatever. Very liberating. I'll leave you with this quote I read. I was reading, finishing up a book. And it was, from, it was by J.D. Rockefeller. And he was, the name of the book is 38 Letters to My Son. Wasn't, probably it's about business, different things. But here's what he said. This is the one thing that stuck in my mind. Now listen, he said failure is either a tombstone or a stepping stone. Failure is either a tombstone or a stepping stone. Uh-huh. If it's a tombstone, it does you in, right? If it's a stepping stone, you learn from it and you move on, right? Now, I don't, again, I don't know where you are this year. You can look and this might be the worst year of your life. You might be as far away from God as you've ever been. You may have fallen off the wagon in every area of life, right? The devil's on your back right now saying you don't love God and you, you shouldn't even be here and you're not worth it all. okay. You failed. Is there anybody that hasn't? Is there anybody that from the time you got saved till today, you have not messed up? Brother Matt read it in the scripture. All we like sheep have what? Gone astray. Are you part of the all? Sure you are. Are you his sheep? Yes, you say you are. Well, guess what? You're in that group that's gone astray. Now, you may not have strayed as far as some have. But there's nobody in here that from the time that you got saved till the time right now, you have been, every day you've gotten closer to God. You just have it, right? How can you say that, preacher? You're judging. I'm, I'm judging your flesh because you're the same as mine, right? Brother Adam, you're a preacher. Every day of your life since you got saved, have you gotten closer to God every single day? Or has there been some times where you're just like, Can I say this? You know, you know one of my heroes is Noah Fry. He's my buddy. I love him. You know, he told me after that, all that COVID, Brother Jerry, he said, he was weeping. He said, preacher, there were days. I went days without even reading my Bible. He said, I was so discouraged. I was so beaten up. I did, I got, he said, I went days, and I went. You're weeping over, I've gone months without reading mine. Right? Here is maybe one of the greatest Christians I know who's got honest and said, I, I, days, maybe weeks, I hadn't remember, I just, I was defeated over this whole thing. I thought God was done with me. Well, if he felt like that, I can fail, yes, sir. Right? right? You? Yes, sir. Okay, well, you're going to let the devil keep beating you up? That's right. 
You going to let him keep you down or you going to say, you know what? Good. Let me, let me teach you all a word that will help you. Look at me. Good. Good. Right? Well, you don't understand it's not good, preacher. I've got health problems. Good. Maybe that's where God, what God had to do in your life to get you where you'll get your eyes on him again. Maybe God's going to get ready to do a miracle in your life, but you've got to be where you are now before God can do it. Good. I lost my job. How can that be good? Maybe God wants to give you a better one. The word good can change in revolution. I hadn't read my Bible all year. Good. Well, how's that good? Well, you can start now. You're not dead. Hadn't prayed all year. Good. What do you mean it's good? I thought you start today, right? I hadn't given out a track all year. Good. That's a free and word. Good. What I'm saying is good means there's opportunity. Right. If I can look right. at something and say good, that means I can change it, right? right. I'm still breathing, hallelujah. Is anybody not breathing in here? Anybody dead? Then you got still good. You got a chance to change it. But you got to make a choice. Mary chose to let God use her. Now you got to let God use you. Let's stand. Stand together. Bow our heads tonight. Close our eyes. Thank you for your attention. Amen. Will you let him? I don't know what God wants to do in your life. He does. Will you let him? Will you go where he wants you to go? Do what you want him, he wants you to do? Uh, it, may not be, it may be to stay right here. <coughs> Run a bus route. Back your preacher up. Whatever it is. Say, God, I'll do it. Man, that's pretty liberating when you just say, God, I'll do it. You, you give me the power. You do it through me. I'll do it. I'll be a willing vessel. Want me to give the mission? To, I'll do it. Want me to go on a mission trip next year? I'll do it. Want me to hand out 1,000 tracks, 10,000 tracks? I'll do it. Want me to run a bus route, Lord? Sure. Want me to jump up in the choir? I'll do it. <laughs> Get in the nursery? Got it. You just need to be available. Ah, man, I can't do that. Why not? Just be available. Heavenly Father, thank you for the message that spoke to my heart and I hope it spoke to others and we want to be used. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray.